The text for the message this evening is a portion of what we read in John chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, have you ever considered the symbolic significance of candles and Christmas lights? It's hard not to think of the Gospel of John when you see the bright twinkling light displays in the midst of the early evening darkness of long winter nights. Just as Christmas lights shine in the darkness and bring cheer to us in the easily depressing darkness of winter, so also the gospel of the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, shines into the darkness of our fallen and sinful world, bringing joy to our unsettled hearts. The difference is that whereas Christmas lights are artificial light, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the true light. When John chapter 1 verse 9 speaks of the true light, it uses a word that can be translated as genuine or real. Although John the Baptist also brought light to the world through his preaching, as did the many prophets who announced the promised coming Messiah before him, these people were merely heralds who bore witness to the real thing. The real light is described in the early verses of this chapter, the first four verses, as the life that was in the Word. The Word who was in the beginning with God and who was God. And if we understand that the Word is the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God through whom all things were made, then we can also see that the life that he had as he came to us in the world would be a life that shines very brightly. When heaven's glory touches down on earth in the very human Jesus Christ, then we know that glorious things happen. And I preached to you the gospel of these glorious things under the theme, the true light which gives light to everyone came into the world. We'll see that he came to save you from darkness and he came to bring you into his light. The baby who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born to Mary and Joseph as the father, the true light that gives light to every person came into the world. He was able to shine with such brilliance for he was the creator of the light that was given to the sun and the stars and the moon to bear. In the very beginning when the, when the darkness was over the face of the deep, he was with God and he was God when he said, let there be light. The source of all light and all creation came into the world as light. Matthew, 
quotes from the prophecy of Isaiah to Ahaz, announcing that the baby born to the Virgin Mary would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And you see how Jesus fulfilled the title he had received. As the prophecy announced, this would be much more than just God with us in the, in the, uh, the shining pillar of, of fire and the cloud in the, in the wilderness or the shining glory clouds that filled the tabernacle and the temple. For the Word who was God would become flesh. Flesh like we know, like we can touch. God took upon Himself our human nature. When John calls Jesus the genuine light, when he calls Him the, the real thing, he is announcing that the eternal, almighty Son of God Himself made His dwelling among us, like we read in verse 14 of John 1. The source of all life in creation in the universe took on human nature. He was a Jewish man who came after John the Baptist, but ranks before him because he was before John. God came to be with us. God came to be with us and put sandals on his feet with straps that his hands would tie and untie. He did not claim his seat on the throne between the cherubim and the most holy place of the temple, but he walked the difficult path of the sinner before a holy God where payment for sins had to be offered with his blood shed on the cross, his real human red blood. He is truly Emmanuel, God with us. Like his star in the sky that directed the wise men to bow before him, so also the brilliance of Emmanuel is like a beacon of hope for all those who are lost in the darkness. The apostle tells us that the light, the life in the word was the light of men. It's in verse 4. And then explains further, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You see that John is using a comparison to describe what kind of world Jesus was born into. Although the description of creation that we read about in John 1, verses 1 to 3, it, it reminds us of the perfection of creation that God saw and that God called good, the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden brought the curse of death upon the ground and its inhabitants. So the world is no longer how God had made it in the beginning through his Son. The world that the Son of God entered was not the same world as the one he had once called into being, for now everyone was experiencing the consequences of the fall that we still endure today. The Lord Jesus entered the world where there was pain in childbearing, thorns and thistles sprouting up from the ground, sweat and hard labor to get bread, and through it all, mourning and pain and tears and death. The Son of God entered a world that was full of creatures that he had made, but that had turned against God. 
And the absurdity of turning away from God in the midst of such darkness is highlighted by John's statement in verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And the word know in this context is quite broad. It, its meaning, in its meaning, it refers more to just perceiving the, the Creator's eternal power and divine nature and the things that have been made but also the, the knowing of honoring him as God and giving thanks to him, like we read about in Romans chapter 1. Though the world was made through Christ, many inhabitants of the world had suppressed the truth in their unrighteousness and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images, serving the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. When the Creator then entered His creation, He found that no one was looking at Him. They were too busy worshiping the creatures. The Son of God was in the world, and the world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. They were blind to Him. And this lack of knowledge concerning the Lord and the promised Messiah is described in our text, is compared in our text to darkness. False worship is darkness. This is the world that had long stopped looking to God for salvation. This is the world that the Son of God entered when he took on flesh. And then John continues and he applies this general description of, of darkness with a specific message for the people of God who knew the, of the Lord's promises. They knew of the promise of the seed of Eve who would crush the serpent, the offspring of Abraham, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the prophet like Moses who would be raised up among his brothers, the great root and offspring of David, the branch and the shepherd king. The Jews had fervently been praying for the Messiah to come. But then we read in verse 11, when he came to his own, his own people did not receive him. Indeed, John goes on in this very gospel to provide several examples of what he meant as he shows us how the leaders of the church in, in those days that Jesus' own Jewish people constantly opposed the Lord Jesus, even while he was confirming his preaching and teaching with many miraculous signs. So Jesus even says in John 3, verses 19 to 20, the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. As Jesus explained in the parable of the tenants, there was no room for the sun in their system. And as we read John's words, we are reminded of Genesis 3. Genesis 3, when the Lord God came to walk in the garden of Eden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve did not receive him, but fled from him because they had sinned against his commandments. At that time, God responded to their rebellion, to their rejection with the curse that we can read in Genesis 3. And however, although that 
that curse was the cause of all the darkness in, in the world. At that time, God also gave them a promise. And when God came to earth in his Son, as we read about that in our text, he's fulfilling that very ancient promise. The Son of God also came into the world to dwell among all that he had made. And he also saw darkness and shame and guilt and fleeing people. However, this time he did not condemn the world a second time. For God had sent his Son into the world in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the glory of, as of the only Son from the Father that John bore witness about. As we read about in John 1 verses 14 to 16. For from his fullness, from the fullness of the Son of God taking on flesh, we have all received grace upon grace. If you are troubled in heart, if you feel that you are not loved or valued, think about the amazing grace and truth of God that we celebrate at Christmas. Why would the Son of God have assumed our human nature? Why would he have entered into this darkness if he had meant to destroy us? If he had not intended to love us in spite of our sins and rebellion, he would never have taken on our flesh and blood with all of its infirmities and entered right into the midst of this darkness. I can think of no greater proof of God's love for this world than the day the Son of God came into the world when the creator of light entered the world that he had made in order that he might shine as light in the darkness. And when you see candles and Christmas lights shining in the darkness around you, reflect on the Lord's amazing love to come to you in the darkness because of his love. Jesus is truly man. And as a true human being who has experienced the infirmities of the flesh, you can know that he is very capable of compassion. And he is sympathetic. And he is near you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. And why has he come down? If not also to bring you into his light. Oh, may those who walk in darkness see this incarnate God who shines as the sun of righteousness. This brings us to the second point that he came to bring you into his light. When the Son of God took on human flesh, it was like the most honored and most important guest in all the universe he entered into our world. His divine heralds, his complete humility, his true humanity, his perfect obedience to the law, his authoritative teaching and his gracious love that all displayed how God had made men in the beginning was something so different from the ways of fallen mankind lost in their selfish rebellion against God that it was like a bright light shining in the darkness. 
And although there were many who did not recognize their important guest and were afraid to receive him into their lives, even though he was their maker, the incarnation of the Son of God was also so beautiful, so sublime, so marvelous, so clear, so gracious and true that it also attracts all those whom God is drawing to himself. Do you feel how it draws you to Jesus Christ? John tells us that there were also those who received this most honored guest. They received him and they believed in his name. These recognized that the baby that entered the world in such an ordinary way was not just an ordinary baby, but the very one whom God had promised to bring salvation to the world. They understand that Jesus is a gift from heaven, a child who was born unto us to be received and welcomed with open doors and open hearts like you might receive a special friend or family member into your home so that person's presence influences all the activities of your days. As the gospel is announced even in the world today, it comes with that, that call to respond to the gospel, to receive Jesus, to accept all his benefits with true faith, believing that Jesus is truly the Son of God. As John condemns his own people for not receiving Jesus, he shows us that God truly desires that we receive the gospel and, and live in fellowship with him to receive Jesus, to receive the Son of God, is to believe him who sent him, to love everything that he is as we come into the light in our desire to share in his work and his kingdom. You can read about that in John 3, verse 21, and John 12, verses 44 to 45. And as we come to Jesus, the light, we hear his voice telling us, it's John 12, verse 46, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The darkness cannot overcome the true light in the world. And the promise of Christ's finished work for those who receive him is a beautiful promise. We read about that in verses 12 and 13. For he gave all those who received him the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Reminds us also what we heard in the gospel proclamation of Galatians 4, verses 1 to 7. And the apostle here uses the word become. The right to become children of God. And, and he uses this word to describe this transition from darkness and rejection to light and faith that is experienced by everyone who believes in Jesus Christ first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God is brought into a new community and a new family with God as our Father through Jesus Christ. 
As our Lord Jesus explains, when the Spirit works faith into our hearts, we are born again to be part of the kingdom of God. It's in his words to Nicodemus. Those who receive Jesus in their hearts are brought with him into the light. They, they become a part of, of the light that he is. O covenant people of God, as we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ to his own people, see how the glory of his grace and his truth comes to you as, as a community and as a body of Christ once again this Christmas evening, Christmas Eve. Do not let Christmas just be about the food and the Christmas lights and decorations or even just about a baby born long ago that really has nothing to do with you today. Rather remember that the true light, Jesus Christ, continues to shine in the darkness every day and the incarnation of the Son of God has real consequences for everything you do every day as a Christian. See the most important universal guest in your home, in your life, as he walks with you, as he affects your activities of each day. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of the Son of God that, that serves as the framework for all our worship throughout all our lives. Christmas reminds us that being children of God is something that is experienced in our bodies, in the flesh, here on the earth, right now. To receive the Son of God and to believe in, his, in the name of the one who came into the flesh also means reflecting his name, reflecting that he came into our world in a tangible way in our worship. He actually took on our flesh. He glorified God completely in the flesh. He, br he brings us into his life, into his light, while we are still living physical bodies surrounded by physical realities of the universe that he made. Receiving Jesus as Lord doesn't take us out of the world. But it gives us light, gives light to us in the world so that we can live in the flesh, knowing the only true God and Jesus whom he sent and enjoying eternal life already today in the here and now. He came to be with us, God with us. He knows how difficult it can be to, to live in a, in a fallen world. He, he understands. He is Emmanuel. He is bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. He commanded us to celebrate our union with him by eating bread and drinking wine that we can touch and feel. That came as that bread and wine that came as a result of the, the sweat of our brow as seeds were planted in the earth and nurtured and harvested and processed by the hands of people. He sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in our bodies, which are like temples here on earth. And do you see how our worship reflects that we are? followers, that we are living in the light of the true light who came into the world. As Christians eat these symbols, bread and wine with the mouth 
of faith. We do this with our hands, we do this with our mouths, and we do this surrounded by the real living bodies of of other believers who have become children of God and are with us in the light, in the same family. Our Lord is a saving God who came down to us from heaven and the consequence of his salvation and his work are tangible. They're, they're visible. They're, they're real, experiential. They're this worldly. John then explains that to live in the light is to love your brother and sister. Just as Jesus prayed that we might do in that high priestly prayer. John explains, and you can read this more in 1 John 2 and 1 John 4, that the light of Christ can be seen in us when, that, when the darkness of hating our neighbor passes away to re- be replaced by loving our brothers and sisters with whom Christ himself identifies. You think of Matthew 25, when Jesus describes what it is to love Christ, he said, it is whatever you did to the least of these, my brothers. Jesus, the true light, saves you from darkness and brings you into his light where you can use your your bodies and and your hearts and your minds to love God and, and love your neighbor. And we would expect nothing else of the God who created the world and placed us in this world to live in fellowship with him and our neighbor. And when you see the Christmas lights as the darkness of evening settles around you, and the candles that shine in the, in the rooms, remember the gospel of, the Christmas, uh, of Christmas that the true light has come into the world. And as you give gifts of well wishes and kind words and cards and presents to one another, remember the gift of your creator who entered the world to save the world from the wrath of God on on the darkness. And as you receive the light into your life, believing in the name of, of the Son of God, remember that he has brought you into that new community, that, that community of light made up entirely of those who have become children born of God's grace. And as you eat his flesh and with the mouth of faith in humble thanksgiving for the death of his body on the cross for you, praise God for the gracious incarnation of the Son of God who came to take your place on that cross under God's punishment. And as you follow the light of the world and the, in the light of life, rather than walking in darkness, live in the light and love one another deeply from the heart. This light, this love, this generosity, this humility, this truth, this true humanity is a foretaste of the kingdom that Christ Jesus our Lord will usher in when he comes to our world again. Amen. And we'll sing and express our longing for the coming with the singing of hymn 16, all stanzas, O come, O come, Emmanuel, O come, O come, God with us. We'll sing that standing if you're able to stand.